0: This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. This is the second Sunday of Lent. Lent is the six-week period of spiritual preparation to hopefully enter into the holiest days of the year, the Easter Triduum, which begins April 6th this year. begins April 6th, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, opening to Easter and the Easter season. Those are the single holiest days of the year, not made up by human beings, but given to us as a gift by God. Jesus Christ is the only savior of the world. The salvation he brings into this world is not just by being born into the world. It's not just by preaching and teaching. It's ultimately through his passion, death, and resurrection. That is who salvation is. That is who Jesus fully is. That is the reality and the person into whom we're baptized. That is meant to be our life and our eternal life. When we get to those holiest days of the year, we're going to be invited not just to remember all of this, but to enter into it and somehow for real, for some of you, to receive the fullness of this for the first time through baptism and the sacraments of initiation for the rest of us to have that salvation renewed in us so that we can get out into this world which is in so much trouble to even be more powerfully Jesus' witnesses. You either actively live Lent or you don't actively live Lent. I am always encouraged by how many people in this community, particularly how many adults, actively live Lent. The spiritual agenda for six weeks every day, which is a long time if you live it, is what we heard on Ash Wednesday repent, which means one day at a time, I am trying to be much more honest and serious about my sin. One day at a time, I'm trying to turn away from it in a more intense way than I should be doing all year long and believe in the gospel. One day at a time, I'm trying to pay more attention to Jesus, to hear his teaching, to really try to understand it, and most importantly, to put it into, a, into practice every single day. We're supposed to be doing that 365 days a year. Lent is more intense. As we talked about last week, If you believe all that and you want to live it, you wake up and you say, well, what am I supposed to do? My best guide, not my personal, the guide that leads me every Lent is taking the gospel reading from Mass every day, reading it, and then following one or another guide, unless I'm somehow brilliant, which I'm not, by the way, to lead me to reflect on that passage and put it into practice. There are lots of great Lent guides out there for free, Just Google Catholic Lent guide. There is a perfect Lent guide written by me in the bulletin available to you every day during Lent. But you have to choose. I'm so grateful for how many people are actively living Lent in this community. If you are not yet doing it, I urge you to do it. For Second Sunday, rather, of every Lent, we hear in the Gospel reading One version or another, as in one gospel or another's account of the transfiguration of Jesus. So, this year from Matthew, Matthew 17. The transfiguration of Jesus for his first disciples is a unique, it only happens once, transformational and life affecting reality. If you enter into this, if you're already living Lent, I think you will find this really encouraging. And if you're not actively living Lent, I hope this may prompt you to action. So let me just take you through it. The disciples of Jesus in Matthew who witness his transfiguration are Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John are among the inner circle of the closest disciples whom Jesus chooses. He chooses 12 people during his ministry. To be particular leaders who will ultimately are supposed to be leaders of the church after the resurrection. Judas is one of them. He certainly ends up failing that call. Peter, James, and John are among the inner circle of those 12. The Gospels emphasize that Peter, James, and John are very far from perfect disciples of Jesus. Before the transfiguration, during the transfiguration, and after the transfiguration, they are real human beings. They're sinful. They're limited. The transfiguration doesn't magically turn them into perfect disciples of Jesus, but the transfiguration is a unique, transformational, life-changing experience Peter, James, and John have nothing to do with beginning or making real the transfiguration of Jesus. Obviously, this is the will of God the Father. It's an invitation of Jesus. They don't create this. They don't cause it. They're invited into it. The key thing that Peter, James, and John do is they accept Jesus's invitation to come with him. He takes them, Up to a high mountain to be alone with him. He does not force them to come up the mountain and be alone with him. No joke, he doesn't tie their hands and drag them up a mountain and force them to be alone with him. Seems like a very small thing. The critical choice they make is they choose to follow Jesus up the mountain to be alone with him. And as you hear this, if you're saying, shut up, priest, why? Like, obviously, if Jesus invited me up a mountain to be alone with him, anybody would go. I think you've got a very good point. They go up the mountain, and they have the experience of Jesus' being transfigured before them, which means Jesus' form is transformed. They see who Jesus ultimately is. You can only imagine this. His face becomes as bright as the sun, S-U-N. His clothing becomes white as light. What they are seeing is the fullness of Jesus' glory. They're seeing who he really is. He is the sun, S-O-N, of God. He is the light of the world, the light of the universe. As they are seeing this revelation of who Jesus is, Moses and Elijah appear. As many of you know, Moses and Elijah clearly represent, in the Old Testament, God's law and God's prophets. Jesus is the fullness of everything that has come before him in terms of God's revealing the truth to the world. Moses and Elijah, for Jewish people, are also figures of the end time. Jesus is, Jesus is, the ultimate future. He's everything God has done before. He's everything God will do eternally. Having this experience, Peter talks about how wonderful this is, how good it is to be here, and he wants to stay here for every understandable reason. When he talks about the tents, it's probably there's a Jewish feast at Jesus' time, called the Festival of Booths. When people go on pilgrimage to Jerusalem, they build tents or booths, and they stay in those for several days. Peter is having such a powerful experience of God that he wants to stay there. Totally understandable. He's good with where they are. Peter then receives the gift, as do the other ones, of being shut up. They are silenced. They are good people. They're having an experience of God. He's praising God for what's going on. Nothing bad, but there's a lot more that God wants. They are given the gift of being silenced. One of God's biggest gifts. A cloud appears, ironic, right? A bright cloud which casts a shadow. From the Old Testament, that's often a manifestation of the presence of God. And they hear from the cloud the voice of what turns out to be God the Father about Jesus. This is my beloved son, Jesus, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's what God says at the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist in the Gospel of Matthew with the addition of listen to him. Somehow they're being told by God the Father in a new way, this is my son, in a new way, listen to him. They are—they prostrate themselves. That's not that male thing when you get older. They throw themselves on the ground, and they're full of fear. That's often a reaction, biblically, to a theophany, to the presence of God. They're afraid of this situation. Jesus comes and touches them and says, Rise, do not be afraid. Jesus then goes with them down the mountain and he says to them, what's interesting, do not tell anyone about this vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. That's the expression Jesus uses uniquely for himself. Jesus, after his resurrection, is going to tell these same people to go out to the entire world and tell everybody about who he is, including this vision. But right now, They have witnessed the glory of who Jesus is. But until they witness his passion, his death, and his resurrection, they won't nearly understand who Jesus is in order to tell other people. Okay, you following me? Everyone can get that if you go through that reading today. It's very straightforward. Okay, you ready for today's brilliance? Are you ready for today's brilliance? Yes. If you've been living Lent, I really hope you will get this and say, wow, thank God. If you are not already actively living Lent, please get this. Lent 2023 is offered to us by God as a unique, guaranteed, transformational, guaranteed life-changing experience if we actively live it. Lent 2023 has never occurred before. It is never going to occur again. What God wants to do with you during Lent and with me, if we actively live it, is like that transfiguration. It's going to happen now. If you make the choice to actively live Lent 2023, you can know that you right now are among the inner circle of Jesus' chosen disciples. That's a huge deal, particularly in my sinfulness. If I actively choose to live this, I am among the inner circle right now of his chosen disciples. I am very limited and far from perfect From the beginning to the middle to the end of Lent 2023, like those disciples at the Transfiguration, I am not going to become some sort of perfect Christian as a result of this, but it will be transformational and it will be life-changing. Lent 2023 has nothing to do with my initiative or your initiative. It's a gift from God. All of this is true because it's a gift from God. The key choice that you and I either have made or can make is to accept Jesus' invitation to actively live this season day by day. Back to the question earlier what person would not follow Jesus when he invites you to go up the mountain with him and be alone with him? Really good question. What person would not actively live Lent 2023 once you know what it is? If you actively live Lent 2023, you will, in one way or another, recognize Jesus' glory in some new way. I don't know what this is going to mean, and I'm not suggesting you're going to have a mystical experience, but I can tell you, in the last 10 days, I, who am a loser in so many ways, I have, by living Lent, actually seen Jesus more clearly as the Son of God and the light of the world. If you actively live Lent 2023, you will somehow, and hopefully in many ways, newly understand Jesus as the fulfillment of everything good God has ever done in you and in this world, and you will understand him somehow more clearly as your only future and your eternal future. If you live Lent 2023 actively, even if you're saying, my life is so good, I'm really glad about where I am as a Christian, you will have the gift of God telling you, shut up, be silent, for this Period of now it's five weeks, be silent because there's more. Because even if things are great, God wants more for you. If you live actively Lent 2023 and you're for whatever reason on the ground and afraid, even if it's just because you recognize how far from God you are, you will hear Jesus one way or another tell you, Don't be afraid rise, get up. And if you actively live Lent 2023, so straightforward at the end, you'll actually hear him say what I've already told you. Do not tell anyone about anything until after you have again witnessed that the Son of Man is raised from the dead. I'm not telling you not to go out and evangelize this week. We all have to evangelize. But if you live Lent actively in the next five weeks, you're going to be told again by God, five weeks from now, you need to enter into this again because I want you to understand more deeply who your Savior is and what love truly is and how you are truly meant to live. Right now, don't tell anyone about this vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. So to back up and conclude... If you've been actively living Lent the last 10 days, whatever it is at this point, boy, blessed are you. That passage is so encouraging to me. If you haven't been actively living Lent, just consider this. You've been offered this extraordinary, unique, transformational, life-changing opportunity. It's your life. It's your choice. You've got to choose to live it now. You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.